Thank you again for listening to our podcast today. Thank you so much for your support. We worship on Sunday at 10 a.m. here at St. John's Lutheran Church in the heart of downtown Martinsburg, West Virginia. Know that you're always welcome to our table and to our worship. God bless. And we hope you enjoy today's message. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. I cannot tell you how happy I am to say this greeting to you this day. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. For six weeks, six long weeks, we have journeyed together. Six weeks of fasting from these words. Fasting so that this moment, this holy moment that we are all experiencing this morning, can be all that more satisfying. Do you come like the women to the tomb this morning? Do you come bearing spices because that's what you were told to do? the law requires. What's interesting about that that phrase, according to the social science commentary in the Roman world, providing a proper burial was the most important obligations of a contractual friendship. Throughout the Mediterranean world, it was one of the strongest obligations of family members. That Joseph of Arimathea undertakes the obligation here indicates that he considered himself to be a member of Jesus' surrogate family. Taking the spices to the tomb is also another gesture of what family members do. They are doing exactly what they are supposed to be doing if they were dealing with anyone else other than Jesus. With anyone other than a man who told them three times before his death that the Son of Man must be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes and be crucified and on the third day rise from the grave. They have heard this message, this prediction before. Yet it seems they forgot. In Luke, the two men in gleaming clothes do not give a word of comfort as the other Gospels say they do. Matthew and Mark say something to the effect, Do not be afraid. You are seeking Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. Rather, in Luke's Gospel, they kind of rebuke the women with their question, Why are you seeking the living among the dead? The women had not believed that he could be raised from the dead. The women were dutifully serving Jesus in the best way they knew. They had prepared spices to anoint his body. And had gone to the tomb early in the morning to finish the burial. But only to be met with a challenge. Why do you look for the living among the dead? They tried the women and maybe they tried us too. I think we all have come to the tomb this morning unsure what we were going to find. How many of y'all thought you were going to be ringing noisemakers this morning in church, huh? This is a Lutheran congregation. We don't do that kind of thing here, right? <laughs> but the angels do not take their spices away and kick them out of the garden. They give the women a refresher course. They remind them of the prediction that Jesus made three times before his death. The women remember and they believe. And so the group made up of Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of, our, of James, and other women. They're all women. They go back and they tell the disciples what, they happen, what had happened. They preach the good news. They do exactly what I and thousands of preachers are doing this morning. They tell the others that Jesus is not dead. And of course, the disciples believe every single word that they say. They throw a huge party with lots of confetti, lots of noisemakers, and pancakes. Because we're a church, and you know we always eat pancakes at dinner, right? No. They don't believe them. Verse 11. 
But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe. This word idle is an interesting word in Greek. The Greek word is leros. It occurs only once in the entire New Testament canon, actually in the entire Bible. It's here in this book, in this very verse. An idle tale. The other way, the traditional way of translating leros is to use nonsense. It was a nonsense tale. Some of the other non-traditional ways of uh, translating it would be to say it was a garbage tale. It was fake news. It was a gossip story. Something you find in a tabloid. The men in the group do not believe what the women say. They think the women are just trying to start some gossip among the group. Lute's gospel is often recognized as paying so much attention to women's and women's voices here. And here at this key moment, the disciples view their testimony as mere gossip. Doesn't make sense. There's a famous theologian, Jurgen Moltmann. He wrote many books, one in particular that I read in seminary called The Crucified God. He once said, without women preachers, we would have no knowledge of the resurrection. How is it possible that God would use these women to proclaim the good news and not have the men believe almost instantly? What is Luke saying? What is Luke trying to do? Notice what, what do the women do after the men do not believe them? Do the women walk out of the house? Do they call them a bunch of morons? No. They're, they're really actually nice women. No. Because I would have probably kicked them out of the house. No, the women do exactly what they were sent there to do. They, they don't give up the, on the other disciples. They stay with them and they try to help them remember. And it works. Peter believes something about their message. He doesn't fully comprehend what is going on. But he believes something. He goes to the tomb. He believes that this is not a Laurel's tale. An idle tale. That something is happening here, but Peter just doesn't have all the facts straight. To come to the conclusion that, that Jesus Christ is risen. A large part of what the women are sent back to the disciples to do is to help them remember the angels say, remember how he told you. The same word is used by the criminal on the cross. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Did the criminal expect Jesus to just think about him in heaven? On his heavenly throne? I don't think so. Jesus' answer to the, cross, to the criminal on the cross indicates something more than just a mental activity. Truly I tell you today you will be with me in paradise. Remembering this criminal meant more, meant making him present with Jesus in the kingdom. This remembering is more than just thinking about someone, but representing the historical event of the resurrection, so that we in the present are also made participants. And we see this most evident in the Eucharistic meal which we are about to share. Jesus commands us to remember him whenever we eat and drink this bread and wine. We remember all that Jesus has done for us, for you and for me, and we are made a part of the story through the hearing and remembering of his words and through partaking of the bread and wine. The big part of what we will be doing here today and in the months to come is, is to help each of us remember this good news of Jesus Christ. To help each of us to remember what Jesus taught us that led up to this moment. It is our job as Christians, as witnesses of the gospel, to help people remember the passion prediction Jesus makes. To remember the good news that led to this moment in time. That led to this holy day when the gates of Hades could no longer hold us in our graves. 
But let us not forget, the first ones to help us do this important work were women. Women who were, according to the society of their time, were second-class citizens. God destroys that notion and elevates them. God uses them and makes them ambassadors of the good news. And it's because of the work of women, all of us are here this day. We all play a part in telling the good news this day. Brett, what's going to happen today? You're going to get baptized, right? You play a part in this story. And how old are you? Four years old. You play a part in this story. I'm 34. I play a part in this story. Your mom, who I'm not going to say her age because she's going to give me a really mean look, plays a part in this story. Your grandmother and your grandfather, we all play a part in this story. We all have a part to do in telling the good news this day. Rhett, you're going to help us out by being a physical symbol of that, by being baptized into Christ's death and resurrection. And you all, my brothers and sisters, are witnesses of what has taken place here. Your role is to help others in our community and in our world and even in our church to remember. Your job is to come to the table and remember our Lord when you eat the bread and wine. Your job is to stop looking for the living among, to stop looking for the living among the dead. And it doesn't matter if you are a man or a woman, a young child or an older adult. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, black or white, able to speak five languages or barely able to speak one at all. We must be like the women and help the world, help all those gathered here today to remember the good news that happened on this day 2,000 years ago. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah.